0: Welcome to Spectrum Days, the games we played. A new podcast that takes a look at the games we played over 35 years ago. Call it retro or call it nostalgia. These are the games that shaped our lives. My name is Chris. I make games for mobile and I'm here with my cousin, Phil. Good evening. Phil used to sell console games for a living. certainly did. So let me tell you about the format for this podcast. The show works like this. We'll reminisce about the game, talk from our memories and a few notes. Then, once we've waxed lyrical through our rose-tinted glasses, we'll take a pause. We'll play the game wherever we can find it. Maybe Phil will have the cartridge, maybe we'll use an emulator, but one way or other, we'll play it. Then, we'll come back and record part two, where we tell you if they really were Spectrum Days, or if our memories have failed us, if the game has stood the test of time, or if it's unplayable dribble. So, Phil, what game have you got lined up for us today?
1: Well, thankfully, we are looking at R Type. Yes, a ubiquitous shoot 'em up, a game that pretty much everyone has heard of. And right from the off, there's a very good reason for that, because this is a really unusual title where absolutely every single version that got ported to whatever machine you happen to have was amazing. Almost without exception, and that's really hard to say of any other game. Even the Spectrum, version. even the Spectrum, which is where I played it first. <laughs> Rubber keys and all? Uh, no, I had the 128 plus 2, but then that's because I was middle class. Kempston Pro joystick? No, I used the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? What do you remember? What did you play on first? Do you, do you remember, Chris? Good, good question. And I do
0: remember our type. The, mo- the most vivid memory is the huge orange alien embryo mega boss that you've got to kill at some end of some stage. So that's, that's the biggest, brightest memory. Uh, and maybe this is a good time to actually tell everyone that we've got my brother John on production and audio who might pipe in every so often and I did have to ask him I said well can you remember where we played it because I'm amazed that I didn't play it on the Commodore Amiga but looking around I'm not even sure there was a Commodore Amiga version so then if it wasn't the Amiga it was the Sega Master System and John tells me that he vaguely also remembers that we may have had it on the, the Master System so that's where I think I played it
1: yeah yeah I mean it, it it did come out on everything I I'm not surprised you don't remember this is a long time ago and we're very old men we- I, I was I was 14 years old 14 yeah, I think you were like a six whole 6 months older than me so maybe I was 12 12 and a half or something i i do and it,
0: I, <laughs> let's, not, let's do the math yeah on I, i'm not Six even months. gonna bother doing math,
1: <laughs> even with the help of being sat in front of a computer i don't think i could work it out but i i do remember seeing it in the arcade and it was an arcade game to begin with and it was an irem uh, arcade game uh it came out according to my notes here may the 15th 1987 in fact so but that was the arcade, yeah. right? So I'm from what I've seen,
0: 1988 was the home release. Yes, so that's where, I'm, yeah. that's where I'm basing my age off of. Yeah, um, maybe we should just mention just give a very quick overview of what type of game it is for people maybe we got some young people there who've never seen our type
1: i'd be absolutely amazed if people didn't know what it is but yes people who are younger than the age of 40 something whatever we are now nearly 50 um yeah well it's a shoot 'em up what we call a shoot 'em up back then or indeed a blaster uh, it was a left to right game in fact listening to the um creator of the game they sort of based it on the left to right games that were popular at time uh you blast off in your r9 arrowhead uh to fight the evil Bido empire armed with a rapid fire laser and a more powerful wave cannon it was sort of one of those first games where it brought in that mechanic of actually sort of holding the fire button to build up this uh, more powerful weapon which of course uh, put you in danger because you were having to hold the button down while waves of enemies were coming in but you got that benefit when you let it go it led off a much bigger wave that sort of killed everything on the screen uh, along the way you collect a helpful friend called force again um one of those sort of games where it sort of introduced a lot of mechanics that hadn't really been seen before force was this ball which could either connect to the front or the back of the ship and again looking at interviews with the guy that uh, made it they actually wanted to make it encompass the entire ship so top and bottom as well as front and back but memory issues were problem so uh, it takes the form of a glowing ball which can attack uh, as i say attached either end and it also fires as well so when you're pressing the fire button if you're just sort of rapidly firing the button it fires at the same rate that you do so you can detach it and send it off out in front of you or out from behind you or it can attach to the ship and and absorb any uh, fire that comes your way um yeah it, it was an unusual shooter and something that we hadn't really seen before. It was graphically quite amazing, as I do distinctly remember seeing it in the arcade. I don't remember playing it in the arcade, but I do remember seeing it. And this is partly because shooters weren't necessarily my thing, but people of my and Chris and John's age—that's pretty much all there was back in the day. It was shoot 'em ups. And racing games were about the only thing that really were in the arcade at the time, but when R-Type came along, it, it changed so many things that it, it, it was completely different thing. It was it was not Space Invaders. It, it just blew everything out of the water. It had different mechanics. It was a slower, more well thought out game. It wasn't all about speed. It was about learning the waves of attacks it was turrets it was things that were part formed part of the background some of the stages the entire stage was a boss so i think it was like stage three i think you were actually maneuvering around an entire massive ship for the entire stage of the game And each level, apart from that stage, had a massive end-level boss that was very, very different. They were all quite organic, very inspired by H.R. Geiger, those sort of uh, alien-type images. And in fact, in an interview I saw with the guy that created it, the the idea for the, the ball, this force ball that attaches back and front, came from watching the dung beetle. Moving a piece of dung around, so this had this sort of friend, this thing that, uh, that was was part of you, but not quite part of you. Yeah, uh, but a, amazing it, game. But it it just
0: floated in directly in front of you, right? That that ball, the force ball. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't, you didn't. Just so people know, from my memory at least, you didn't. It's not as if you controlled it. There was no dual, dual joysticks in those days. So no. you just it just floated directly in front of you or behind um yeah. yeah which was like amazing at the time whoa you know there's i've got this extra thing mm. and an extension it of my
1: ship. in front of you and it would continue to fight yeah and yeah. it was indestructible yeah. you 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 took hit you died i mean this is what we were saying earlier about it being hard you it, our type was bang no lives no energy bang one hit gone dead
0: yeah, that's right. I mean, because it, it, with its origins in the arcade, the whole thing of you need to put in more money to continue, yeah. right? In, in Infinite continues as long as you've got enough money. Yeah. yeah. So that the whole mechanic, the way the loop, the way those games work was it was just always like that, sort of trying to get some more money out of yeah. you. Yeah, oh, um, really. <laughs> but, uh, but And those graphics, I mean, like I said, I remember the big, as you just said, the Aliens-inspired graphics, and I was just, trying to think, 14 – I'm amazed that Aliens had come out a couple of years earlier. So that was well, 1986, Aliens. I so from, uh, I was 12. Uh, I'm amazed. I, I, th- I thought Aliens was – I thought, you know, th- so, but I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that film. So I guess playing that kind of game – you look at those graphics now, anyone comparing it with a modern game you think, well, you know, that's not exactly realistic, realistic, you know, well, realistic aliens. Uh, but for us at the time, that was like, whoa, this is awesome, right? Yeah. Those graphics are amazing. For us, that was immersion. You know, we were really immersed in this alien world, this alien landscape. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it was a fantastic
1: looking game uh, uh, for its time. To give it some historical context, as Chris grapples with uh, how old we were back then, back in 1988, by the time it hit the sort of home market, um, yeah, uh, the World Wide Web had just been talked about, the restructuring of the Soviet Union and perestroika, the Iran-Contra affair, the troubles in Ireland, as we called it back then, Uh, NASA testifies the U.S. Senate that man-made global warming has begun. I mean, we were worried about these things back then. Actually, no, we weren't. We were children. But our adult, our parents were worried about this sort of thing. The Piper Alpha disaster. Do you remember that? The Seoul Summer Olympics. Yes, Seoul hosted the Summer Olympics back then. Uh, fortunately, the song Don't Worry, Be Happy came out by Bobby McFerrin. Although, of course, he did commit suicide later on. But, um, yeah, yeah. Which is
0: the only thing I remember is the uh, is the don't worry. Is that the
1: of all those things? You Don't out of all those things. remember the Iran Contra affair? You don't remember the Piper Alpha disaster? Really, you don't remember any of those things? Well, I
0: remember, but I can't remember experiencing them or thinking of them when I was fourteen
1: so, do playing art type. No films that came. Out. Okay, we got Beetlejuice, <laughs> Twins, Big, Akira, Die Hard, Rambo three, Willow, and Naked Gun.
0: Well, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Of course, 14-year-old me does remember favorite was
1: big, Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't watch Aliens, you're, surely your, that means your favourite was big. Oh, yeah, but I
0: can't, I can't even remember. I mean, hey, everyone, remember we would have had VHS cassettes. Yeah. We would have to have gone to a Blockbusters if... Your town had a block, first down, or, really, block. Well, our, ta- our town was Br Sounds, exactly. a local, a local video, a video rental store. You
1: look eighty. Uh, have what you want, Sonny. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. So at fourteen, I would have had to have convinced my parents probably to rent us a film, and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Die Hard was a Friday evening family film, really? and of course of course my brother's 3 years younger so oh. of course you've got Kate for an 11 year old at the Willow, time so Willow I'm pretty su- I'm pretty
1: sure we yeah Willow it was <laughs> 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 well we may not remember the days but I remember this game I mean it uh we like I said I, I mentioned I did play it in the arcades or so, I I don't actually know no I tell you, like I, I I don't remember playing in the arcades, but I remember seeing it in the arcades and a bit like I mentioned earlier on. I love games, but I have never, what I'd be called good at playing games. I, I I'm very much an enjoyment kind of person when it comes to games. I haven't got time to put in the, the hours that it takes to get good at something like R type, but it was incredibly popular. And the, place where i played it first as far as actually owning it would have been on the spectrum and the only reason i know that for sure is because only within the last six months my parents found my collection of spectrum games for those of you who don't know i'm talking about spectrum then the whole podcast called spectrum jays for god's sake is the ZX Spectrum, uh, the mighty Sinclair machine, the micro that really invigorated and kept us going over here back in the 80s when the crash was happening in the US. Well, the bedroom coders over here were making games and uh, things uh, progressed quite nicely. Um, it, it was all on cassette. It was all on cassette tape. And the reason I know I had it is because, as I say, my parents found them in the loft and there was our type but it was on single cassette, not on double cassette. So that means I didn't buy it when it was full price, which probably would have been $8.95, $9.95. I had it on the sort of Master Mastertronic or whatever version with the single cassette version, which would have been the budget version. So probably $4.99 or $2.99 version of it, which then triggered the memory where I actually do remember playing it in the home was on a friend's either Amiga or ST a friend of mine had both. Yes, it did come out on the Amiga. I know what Chris is about to ask, and it did. It came out on the ST and on the Amiga. It came out on the Commodore. It came out on the Spectrum. It came out on the Master System. It came out on the Amstrad CPC. It came out on the PC Engine or the Graphic 16 It came out on absolutely everything Pretty much 8-bit, the only 16-bits really that it came out on was the uh, Amiga and the Atari ST. For some reason, it didn't come out on the Mega Drive. It didn't come out on the Super Nintendo, but Super R-Type did, but it was a different version. So really, the home version I actually associated with was those 16-bit micros, the ST and the Amiga, but my own version of where I played it was on the Spectrum.
0: Well, now all my, all my memories have all merged now. You're making me think, did I play it on the Spectrum? I don't, did I play on the Spectrum, the Commodore Amiga, or the Master System? I don't know. Maybe when I get to play it, it will jog yeah. my memory, and, and, and I'll be able to tell you all after the break. Um, do you own a cartridge version oh, yeah. do you have a, Do you have
1: a Master System? Yeah, I own it on the Master System, which was after the Spectrum was the sort of first console that i owned and that version on the master system is is renowned for being very very good in the sort of uh, uh, pantheon of, of what were the best versions where it kind of goes pc engine turbo graphics was sort of pretty much arcade perfect or or, or or renowned to be arcade perfect the master system was brilliant a really really very good version again reviewed very 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 well in all the magazines hence why i bought it because it reviewed so well. Even though, like I mentioned earlier on, I'm hopeless at it. I was hopeless at it on the Spectrum. I was hopeless at it around my mate's house on the ST or Amiga. I can't remember which one of the two he had it on, because it's so blooming hard, but it was brilliant. But he had an ST and an Amiga. Yeah, not as not at the same time. He first had an ST, oh. then he had an Amiga, which is why I say, unfortunately, I can't remember which it which was on. I suspect... If I had to put my life on it, it was probably the Amiga. So what do you think, Chris?
0: Well, I think this is a good point in the pod where we can pause and actually go and
1: play the game. I agree. I think if everyone at home wants to do the same thing, just play. Plus- pause on whatever it is you're listening to us on. Go and play the game if you've got it. If not, try and find an emulator online and join us back here and see whether you feel the same as us about how you feel about it now after all these years of having not played our type. And we're back welcome to part two of the spectrum days podcast where we were looking at r type to those of you who pressed pause and joined in by playing the game thank you very much and those of you who didn't don't worry you're about to hear mine and chris's and maybe even john will chirp in with a little bit of details about r type yeah did we like it or didn't we did it live up to our expectations have we ruined our childhoods and for those of you who did join in and play the game we'll have some details at the end how you can contact us and let us know what you thought and for those of you who are watching this and listening to this on youtube well let us know in the comments what version did you play uh, what system did you play it on or did you play it on an emulator and talking of which chris well how did you play it well i played uh,
0: through RetroPie through the emulator and i played the master system version and the very first thing was that it was a pleasure it just loaded so quickly it was a- <laughs> Oh, you could just jump straight into the game, straight into the game. No cutscenes, no movies. Uh, a story? I don't know. Um, I'm flying a ship, and I'm blasting things straight away. That was the that was my first. It's like, wow, this is. I could get into the game straight away.
1: Is that the version now? Do you think you've had? Because I know we were talking earlier on in the podcast uh, on memories of where we played it. Do you think now that sort of where you played it most was the Master System?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I also tried playing the Spectrum version, but I didn't get past uh, the uh, turn to tape two or turn the tape over messages. I couldn't get it running on the emulator. I could have spent some more time looking, but uh, but seeing some screenshots of the Spectrum version, I'm not sure if it was really worth it. Uh, so I continued with the Master System version. And yeah, I think, I think that was the one we played. Yeah, I think that was the one I played at home.
1: So you you were trying to load a virtual tape version of the Spectrum? Is that what you were doing? Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it,
0: when you try and load when you try and load the ROM on uh, on the emulator, it'll still say stop tape and then it says um, rewind side two and press any key. Uh, and I just <laughs> didn't get past that. Um, maybe I should have looked for an online emulator or something, but um, no, I uh, I decided that this master system version was from my spectrum days the uh, my youth and uh, this is the one i decided to play
1: good for you well uh, it's in fact exactly the same for me though i did play it on original cart it's um one of the few games i've got on the master system i've got a modded Master System 2, which allows you to switch it over to 60 hertz. All us poor people over in the UK, all you lot in America had 60 hertz and were playing games at the proper speed. But over here in the UK, back in the day, we were playing stuff on... 50 hertz so much slower you might think oh well, that would help with our type and make it easier but no i can guarantee you now after having played it 50 hertz and 60 hertz on original original hardware it didn't make a jot of difference <laughs> i was i was tempted to play it on the spectrum as well but i didn't bother because frankly that is where i used to play it the most and i sort of knew that version pretty well the other physical version i've got is on the game boy uh, so i played that one as well i probably actually played that the most this weekend not in general back in the day but this weekend simply because obviously you can take the game boy anywhere it's, uh, it's just easy to just turn it on when you want
0: well i, I was tempted to look I, I did look at the um the the iphone versions i was tempted to play that for exactly the same reason you know just better quickly pick it up hmm. play it in of doing other things blah 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 it just i just couldn't bring myself to it i knew that a shoot them up with touchscreen controls just dragging the r type with your your finger covering the screen so you wouldn't even be able to see anyone shooting for, shooting at you from behind or attacking you from behind which they do i mean there's got to be some moments in r type which is just got to be impossible with a with a touchscreen it's just it's bad enough as it is we are, you know, using a joy, the, the D pad. Uh, it's so there's so many sprites, so many little red balls of laser blasts going around. You just get destroyed, killed time after time, again and again. I mean, I, I think I don't know about you, but I, I think it was trying to tell me a lesson about greed. <laughs> You know, if you try and shoot every enemy on screen, you will die. If you try and get every power up, you will die. There I am. I'm just focused on the goal, focused on getting that next upgrade, focused on killing someone else,
1: bam, dead again. Yep. <laughs> there you are. That's our type in a nutshell. <laughs> So you can pretty much end the podcast there, really. I'm, I'm,
0: pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that was the developer. You know, yeah, we're gonna send we're gonna make this game, but it's really a moral about greed. You know, I'm sure that was their under <laughs> that was their real message, right? It wasn't this alien world and <laughs> but it was um, yeah, that was my main my main thing is that it's very, very difficult. Uh, you need the power ups. I mean your ship starts off way too slow way too mm. slow right you need yeah. to get that first power up so what are the you know the, the the little things that you have to kill to get the power ups what do they what what do they remind you of because in my mind i've got
1: eyeballs uh, on on legs
0: yeah they kind of i don't know why but i think of them as being like chickens i don't know why but they're, Frogs. you're right yeah. What sort of a froggy
1: yeah and there's a I few suppose kind of, they designed it so that it would from a design point of view i suppose it's easier to hit because they've got a very distinct pattern. They stop. They they jump, yeah, and stop somewhere before it jumps again, like a frog. So I suppose that you 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 can learn its pattern.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you get stuck in the top left of the screen, and you know that one's down on coming down on the bottom, and then it, they never get near the top of the screen, mm-hmm. you know that you've got to get down and kill it. Because if you yeah. get to the end of level boss without all the upgrades, there's a waste. Of, that's you know, it. You must not, it. turn it off. Yeah, you're not going to get it done, right? So there you are. You've got to take that risk. So it's all about risk and reward. The whole gameplay is, shall I take this risk? Is the reward big enough? Risk, reward, risk, reward, or as I I said, greed. Yeah. Greed. It's a game about
1: greed. In in the first part of this podcast, and I admit it was probably mainly me because I've played so many versions of it, I was extolling the virtues of how well this game was ported to absolutely everything. But the trouble is with how well it was ported is that they ported the arcade game. Now, normally when you get a port of an arcade game, they'll say, right, okay, this game, it's an 80s arcade game, was very much designed to keep people pumping money into it because you pretty much can't get off the first level. Yeah. Until you've played it a lot, you just can't get off the first level. Yeah. So that that's that's an arcade game in a nutshell. It's designed to keep you there and keep putting money into it. You have to learn every single pattern, every movement of those fluttery-looking, innocent red butterfly enemies on the first level, and then all of that ground enemy is gonna come in. Because it's the same every time. There's it's not roguelike, there's no change, there's no difference. It's the same patterns every time. And you can learn the patterns. That's that it's one of those sorts of games. It's not a bullet hell there actually isn't that many bullets it's more about enemies on the screen and knowing where they are
0: not but that they, many bullets
1: well <laughs> hence, hell hell. hence hence wow. hence yeah. Yeah. my comment with the bullet hell type games it but the the, the, the usually when they port it to the uh, consoles or, or pc or whatever they make it so that it's a bit easier so you can play it in the home so you're not obviously you're not putting money in you've got you generally they put perhaps infinite continues but the ports are so accurate to the arcade you just got like the sort of two continues i think you got three lives three lives two continues and like you say if you don't get all the power-ups and you get to you then somehow some miracle you get to the end of the level you're dead anyway so you think oh well i might as well just kill myself so it's one of those games where you start you get to a certain point right well i haven't got all the power-ups there's no point me continuing i mean you literally you you just right well i'll end the game i'll start again yeah you just
0: yeah you just resign yourself to starting a game from right from the beginning because if you've used a continue and you've not got off the first level you're nowhere near going to complete the game so let's just start again so did you did you remember the controls did you remember when you started playing it yeah
1: there, there was no problem with that. I mean, it, I think anyone who perhaps didn't join in and play it or hasn't played it before is making it sound like it's complicated. It's not hard because it's complicated. And I actually remembered quite a few of the patterns simply because I had played that first damn level a million times. I remember where everything was. and knew that, right, I've got to get the power ups. It is all about your ship being fully powered up by the end of the level. And it's so cruel. It's actually quite, easy in one way that it actually does have save sort of points so you'll get a certain distance and if you then restart you'll respawn in that same place it doesn't make you go right back to the beginning of the level but it takes away all your weapons so you've started at a point further on in the level but now you don't have the opportunity to get all the power ups to get to the end of the level boss with all the power ups it's it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. just so cruel. It's just <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. No, I I agree. As soon as I fired it up, the music and I'm coming into the music was like, okay, yeah, yeah. It just all comes, it all comes flooding back, right? And then I remembered because when we were speaking about it in the first part, I didn't remember that there was the. Uh, the mega blast—I don't know—where you hold down the fire button and you can build up a a bigger Four, laser wait, blast wave
1: or something. It's called. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, like, like, well, like I say, there's, there's no, there's no story, there's no text. Back in those days, remember, everyone to to understand if there's a story, or whatever, or even instructions, maybe you know, you'd hmm. look in the box, you'd look at, you'd yeah. read, you'd read instructions. Yeah. So there, are, there is nothing saying why you're killing these aliens. We don't know if we really these might be just friendly aliens defending themselves and you know we're out there in the universe destroying you know they, they, they look a bit aggressive but maybe we're the aggressor you know uh,
1: and, so it's a parable but, about good and evil and we're the yeah, evil in the end good
0: evil and greed yeah, okay. this is what yeah. it's all about yeah. that's Green. that's what i read into it anyway <laughs> but the um but uh, yeah yeah so it kind of like oh yeah i remember this big blast and then It's all again, it's about that risk reward, you know, do you hold because you have to hold down the fire button for a couple of seconds to build up the bigger blast. But that bigger blast then flies through all the aliens that are destructible. So you kind of like, okay, I'm going to line this up and kill all those on the screen. So I'll start the first level for about the first 20 percent, I guess, of the first level trying to do that. And then all of a sudden I've missed one. And then you're back to tapping the button as fast as possible to shoot as many as you can.
1: Immediately start panicking. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then once you do get that power up and get the orb, which I've forgotten its official name, and I think in the first part we talked about that, I couldn't quite remember how you controlled that. And you don't control it, but it doesn't – but you can. You can fire it off and bring it back as well. So you can you know, you know, can control it more than I remembered because you can –
1: like saw a sort of dog.
0: Yeah, because yeah, you fire it out it and back. then it's – yeah. And it's slower. Yeah. And it's slower than you are in a way like when it responds, when you go up and down. So you'll be able to get basically in, you'll be able to get, you'll be able to shoot in parallel. Um, so you can get your fire power, fire power, uh, in parallel like that, but then you can bring it back to you and use it as a shield. That, that's mm. good. And you can that's also right. then place it on the back so you can fire with some of the power ups on the back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's fire-ups with the missile launcher, laser which shoots out at angles. And once you get that, like the first level, once you get all powered up, the first level is like, yeah, I've got this. And then You're you get to-
1: missiles as well, isn't it? One of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you get to the end of level on the first, end of level boss, first level, shoot the first eye. That's all right. Shoot your orb into its stomach to make sure you're killing the green alien coming out of the alien. So it's a big yeah. orange alien and he's you, got another green alien coming out oh, and so uh,
1: really technical words we and
0: <laughs> and then, and then um, yeah but that's really difficult because he's shooting he's got a, a kind a of yeah yeah exactly exactly and i think this weekend i got past that end of level boss once well done <laughs> once <laughs>
1: Sorry, how many times? <laughs> Once. <laughs> but I was going to say, I'm still enjoying it.
0: It's, it's so quick. I think that's the thing. Like making mobile, you know, making games for Android and, and iOS, that's kind of what, one of the golden rules is to make sure that the game loads very quick and that you can get to play as quickly as possible because otherwise people drop off. People haven't got the patience. Yeah. And I think uh, and it, uh, an anecdote, I guess, playing games back in back in the uh, late 80s with, with my family and things like i remember my my dad seeing the first maybe the amiga games or pc games where it said loading and he was like but didn't we say goodbye to loading when we said goodbye to the spectrum because you'd have right. to load a tape on the spectrum you take ages to get the take game money. ready yeah then we got the master system and the mega drive and like games running off of cartridges load fast you don't see loading screens it just they just play hmm. then we went back into the times of games having to load them into um into uh fast memory into, to ram to and then so you need that loading time decompressing time and games were taking longer and now we've got all the cut scenes and we've got everything all the paraphernalia just to get going and this was like a f- breath of fresh air really and, and i'm still even though it's difficult i think i'm still going to play a few more a few more hours this week
1: yeah yeah i was going to say I was, my question was going to be but did you find it addictive
0: i found it fun i found it fun uh it's fuel infuriating um uh, a few swear words were were muttered um i accidentally dropped the controller once or twice mm-hmm. um, on a wall <laughs> or a door <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, I can't do with that t- with my know. Game Boy.
1: <laughs> it's too expensive. I can throw my Game Boy across. The um, <laughs> so um,
0: yeah, it was. It's frustrating, but it's just yeah. I want to just one more. It's one of those one more go. One, just more, one more go. go. Yeah, that, that, one more, that's I that's could
1: do it. describe it. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is a, a one more go game. Which going back to what started this section of us talking is, it's an arcade game. It sounds obvious to say it because, yeah, it is. That's where it started. But it it fulfills all the tropes of an arcade game. You just want to play one more go. And it's beautiful enough. It's interesting enough it's impressive enough that you want to see what's on the next screen you want to see those big bosses and the weapons are insane you do feel for the brief three seconds that you're alive with all of the power-ups you feel like a god you are shooting lasers that are bouncing and going in all directions just killing everything in front of you homing missiles uh, yeah you, you feel completely invincible and your yeah. pod thing at the front's massive and spinning round and it, it, it yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so um so for you do you as it as playing it again in 2022 ruined your memory ruined your, your childhood or is this uh is this a good one
1: it, this is a fantastic game is it a game that i would say hold holds up i think in uh when listening to other people sort of talk about games talking to friends about games or listening to other programs um it's a phrase that gets I think used which is it holds up which it does it's still a very good example of a shooter it's a much copied shooter it set down I think a lot of the sort of groundwork for those types of shooters and I I I'd find for, from what when did we say it came out eighty seven in the arcade. I can't think of many games of this type which were as good a shooter as this is. But also, again, like I said, they weren't shooters weren't the sorts of games that I was attracted to, which I think is also a good thing about our type that it was one that I played wanted to play. Everyone really, 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 really liked it, and I've got it now—physical, a physical, you know, two copies of it. I don't have many games across the my physical collection that are the same games. Like, if I might have got a Master System and a Mega Drive, well, there aren't any games that are the same. Although there are plenty of games that came out on the Master System that also came out on the Mega Drive, but. R-Type is one that I have bought on, you know, several different, have several different versions from several different, even though it's exactly the same game. So, I mean, that's how good it is. That's quite rare in my collection to find something that's the same title across different formats. But I hate it because it's so flipping hard. <laughs> it drives me up the wall. I mean, absolutely. And it, it's just like Chris said, I, it's a very sweary game. I was shouting at the top of my voice, using every word under the sun, playing this stupid game. I got to level three once.
0: And you've been playing it in black and white, right? The monochrome. <laughs> you've been playing it on a monochrome <laughs> on the Game, game Boy. Boy, yes.
1: On the Game Boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's equally as good. On it. that's what's so annoying. It, it, it I mean, it, you know, like now you can take your Switch, you can have your Switch plugged into your telly, and then take it up to your bedroom and. Just play it handheld, and you're playing the same game. Well, r type, in a weird kind of way, is like that. I was playing it on the Master System on the screen on the on the television, and then I could go and play the one on the Game Boy, and there was no appreciable difference. It's exactly the same game. That really, it just it's just black and white, but it was yeah. it, it was just as annoying, just as frustrating, but just as brilliant, and you wanted to see the next level
0: well there's and there's no need for cloud save or anything modern anyway because you just got to start a game
1: always (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was even i was even thinking to myself surely i could make this easier on myself by playing it with a turbo pad but i thought no well no a turbo pad would just make the the force beam thing go off it wouldn't do a rapid fire I don't think it would work. I don't know. Maybe someone out there can let us know whether that would work. Because I would tell you, by the, end, by the end of playing it for the weekend, my thumb and my wrist and my elbow, I get a bit of RSI from my day job anyway. But honestly, constantly pressing fire. Because there's no water. You can't just hold your button. If you hold the button down, you're just doing the force beam. So you have to completely, constantly, the entire time you're playing it, blah, 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 you are just pressing that button the whole time. Yeah. And I genuinely was. It's like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I'm so yeah. old, I cannot play shooters anymore.
0: <laughs> well, one of the uh, the other shooters I can think of from that time is probably Xenon. Zenon Xenon two. Uh, yeah, 2, Mega Blast on yeah. the Amiga. Mega Blast.
1: Yeah.
0: Mega Blast, that I must have played a lot. And that's Great. got a, and also because of the music, that was um, yeah, base. Mega Blast, exactly. Bomb the Bass, yeah. Mega Blast, that, that was a kind of Pop culture moment, I guess. Like an yeah, interesting I crossover.
1: Think, yeah,
0: yeah. So Xenon Two Mega Blast I think that
1: uh, came out on the Mega Drive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, I, maybe I that
1: even came out on the Master System. Again, hmm. someone correct me on that. I got. I'm pretty. It did.
0: I'm pretty sure I would have played it on the on the Commodore Amiga. Um, yeah, maybe that's one we that's maybe that's one we can talk about in the future. 1942 as well, another shooter, a plane. Yeah, that's screen
1: the arcade World yeah. War II piloty thing. Yeah, which again another exactly the same arcade game. You know, very difficult but very very good, and again designed to get you to put the money in. But that that's vertical vertical shooter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you that's true. I think we ought to mention that there are there was a lot of follow-ups to it. And I've got some of those on physical. I've got R-Type Final, which I think, as the name suggests, was meant to be the sort of last R-Type game, which I believe was a PS2. I've got physical. I'm not sure if it came out on anything else other than the PS2, but I've got it on PS2. So there are much more modern, advanced, super-duper, versions of r-typing i have to say super of course the other one we mentioned earlier on in the podcast was the super nintendo one was super r-type but they're all as hard (laughs) annoyingly they all look amazing and i i in conclusion for me yes i agree i absolutely do love this game and as i say i've i've got four versions i've got the super one and i've got as i say the one on the playstation so i've got four physical versions of this game and i cannot get past about level three on any of them yeah it's it's amazing
0: that the pixel art when you look at the pixel, it's so simple really the what they did on 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 the ship that you control Everything really, just those. It's just a small amount of pixels. Everything they've done. Mm. Those those new versions. Well, the later versions you talk about. I think there's some that were charred 3D. Um, but playing it, you don't. It's I don't miss better graphics. I. It's just it's just fun Mm. game. Easy to pick up. Really infuriatingly difficult. Yeah. Uh, But like I say, I could just get into it. It's quick to get back into it when you're game over you can start a game um but yeah it's been fun I like that one
1: yeah yeah I agree more of these please apart from perhaps something we can get past level three would be good
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean so I think I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our type I've enjoyed playing that that's not destroyed my childhood memories that's one that holds up I believe and uh (laughs) And I would play again, uh I'd like to try and get off the get past level two, um what game should we look at next, Phil?
1: I think it makes sense to take advantage of the upcoming holiday that is Halloween and to look at something a bit spooky, so why not ghouls and ghosts? Oh that sounds good yeah well, we'll, well I'll see you then then, at least that's an easy one. if you'd like to hear more of this then please do encourage us by subscribing that way you won't miss out on the next episode and of course like and comment which will help us get visibility in the podcast algorithms If there's a game you'd like us to talk about, drop us a note in the comments or send us an email here at hello at spectrumdays.com.